Good morning, church. Let's all be standing as we start our worship service. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no Open now the 
Uh, welcome to a very special Sunday that we'll be enjoying together, uh, both uh, here in person and for those of you who are joining us on YouTube, we're really thankful that you've come. If you're blessed today, we would ask that you'd give us a thumbs up, give us a like on our, our live stream, and you might even want to uh, hit that subscribe button. We would love to have you be one of our subscribers. We're really, really thankful that every you all chose to be with us today. Again, whether you're online with us or here in person, we'd ask you to get a copy of the Caring and Sharing. If you're here in person, you, of course, can get that in the back. A number of things that we won't have the opportunity to expand on, but uh, you can find it there in the Caring and Sharing. If you're online uh, or during the week, whenever you need one, you can go to our website, www.ljchurch.org, and you can get that information there, and it would be very, very helpful. Again, I encourage you to have it on your phone with you. That prayer list can come in handy anytime. Would remind you that August continues to be our uh, mission emphasis is loving BISD, and we've done several things in support of that. I want to particularly remind you that uh, we are helping Kelly McBrayer collect uh, school supplies for the kids at the Lighthouse Learning Center. The list is there on the screen. More importantly, the list is there in your caring chair. If you didn't bring things today, we would really like to have her well supplied for the first day of school on, on the 18th. 18th. Um, so if you don't have it here today, please don't hesitate to just come up to the office and drop it off. We'll make sure that Kelly has it for the first day of school on Wednesday. So please participate in that. Today is a very special uh, day because it's uh, really kind of the first of our, our potlucks, our family fellowship Sundays and family fellowship meals that we uh, haven't celebrated in quite a long time. Uh, today's is extra special uh, because it is going to point us towards the, the prayer walk that we'll, you'll hear more about a little bit later. During lunch today, you're going to have a special opportunity to hear about ways that uh, the, the school district wants to invite you into service in the schools. Uh, first of all, you'll hear about Lift Up Mentoring, and then you'll hear about a program called Read 20. Um, if you hadn't planned to stay for lunch, first of all, the food is worth it. Somebody say amen. And second of all, hearing about these opportunities might also be worth your time and effort. Following our meal together, of course, is the Loving BISD Back to School Prayer Walk. Uh, we understand that there may be campuses open even in districts around us, Angleton, uh, Columbia, Brazoria, but we know that the campuses in our district have made provision to, to be where you can access, come inside. And so I hope that you'll take advantage of that. And by the way, I hope you'll take advantage of that whether you stay for lunch or not. I hope if you're online with us and can get out, I would encourage you to, to take advantage of that opportunity to go to your neighborhood school. Uh, possibly you know teachers from this uh, church community and that might be a place to go as well. And if, of course, if you have children or grandchildren, you do not want to miss one of those campuses and the opportunity to, 
not just pray for them, but to be on location and praying where they're going to be in the coming days and weeks ahead. Um, we want to be... I, I missed it, didn't I, Lindley? I just want to remind you that we continue to have contact-free communion, so if you do not have your uh, individual communion set already, they're at the table as you walked in there, and this would be the appropriate time uh, to get up and have one of those available for you and your family. We, uh, as a congregation, in so many ways, want to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Amen? That's our, kind of our goal. And we, we want that to be manifest in a number of different ways. Uh, today, we particularly want to manifest that idea that when Jesus saw children, he opened his arms and welcomed them into his, into his presence and into his love. And Scripture will use this word. And he blessed them. Uh, which probably means he prayed over them. He spoke a word from God, probably even quoted scripture over them. Uh, in the beginning, God created and he made you in his image, things akin to that. Uh, he didn't have the New Testament yet, so he wouldn't have quoted First John. Uh, you are children and don't forget it. Children of God and don't forget it. But we have those opportunities. Uh, we, we sent a card off yesterday. We have a brand new kindergarten. Our oldest grandchild is going to kindergarten for the first day. We sent her a card because it was our desire that she know that her Mimi and Grandpa think she's very special. And as she enters into a broader world where there are lots of other kind of kids and lots of different kinds of, of adults in her presence, that uh, Mimi and Grandpa think she's special her parents and her aunt and uncle and great-grandparents think she's special, but most importantly, God thinks she's special, and we all say, amen. Well, today we're going to pray over our students. Last week, we took the time to bless our educators. This week, we're going to bless our students. Educators seem to be a little more hesitant about this, but we're going to actually ask our students to come down front, but I'm going to ask them to come and in a particular order. I would like to join me on the stage if you are a student who's moving from one campus to another campus. If this is your first year at school, if it's your first year at preschool, parents of preschoolers, I invite you to join them. Don't send them up here by themselves. If you're moving and this is your first year in college, first year in college, first year in high school, all those kinds of things. Avery is the only brave one. Come on, Haley. Come on, Haley, you're standing. You come on up here, all the way up here with me. All the way up here with me. All the way up here with me. Avery's not listening. All the way up here with me. Come on, Haley, all the way up here. Come on, Jackson. Good deal. Oh, don't fall. Jackson, all the way up here with me. Come on. There we go. Good deal. We got a college freshman here. I thought you were going to be gone already. Not yet. No, I got Friday. You got Friday. Oh, well, okay. Very good. And Levi is headed to kinder kindergarten. How cool is that? If you are, uh, I'm just going to invite them by the biggest to the littlest, so the littlest will be down front where they're not overshadowed. If you're one of our college students who hasn't left yet, come on, Hunter, come on, Tess, and join us up here. We'd appreciate it. Come on, Christopher, join us up here. We'd appreciate that very, very much. The first back-to-school blessing uh, that I would have done at this church, um, 
you wouldn't have started school yet. Tess wouldn't have started school yet. <laughs> kind of neat to see them grow up. Church says, amen. Uh, if you're going into high school, would you join us up here? You can join us on the other side, whatever you'd like to do. If you're one of our, if not going into, if you're one of our high school students, please come on up and join us. We'd appreciate it very much. We're going to need to fill this other side at some point. Come on, Kyle. Kyle's a new freshman? Sophomore, like I said. Um, if you are one of our junior high or intermediate students, if you would join us over here on this side of the podium, we would greatly appreciate it. We have no junior high or intermediate students, so they just haven't decided to come yet. If you're any of our other students and you haven't come, and if you need your mom or dad to help you to be brave enough to do it, you be sure and come on. And again, if you could come over on this side, I would appreciate it very, very much. How cool, whether they go to local schools or other schools, we're glad they're all here. You'll survive it, Sammy, don't worry. We'll get you out of here in just a minute. Are we blessed to be a congregation that has children and students among it? Amen. And we're blessed to have the opportunity to speak over them, uh, God's good words. Um, I'm going to invite. I, I'm going to invite all of you to stand, but I particularly would like to invite our elders to kind of come and surround this group if they would come down and do that. Uh, Kevin Hunter is our elder who oversees our Kids for Christ ministry, and we're going to ask him to word our prayer today but if you would please stand with us and you might even simply wish to just kind of reach out in this direction with your hand symbolically laying your hand on these children as we as we bless and pray for them I'll read a scripture first uh, from proverbs 2 verses 1 through 8 my son if you accept my words and store up my commands within you turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk is blameless, regards the course of the just, and protects the way of his faithful ones. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for giving us wisdom. We thank you for all the children that you've blessed us with and these that are here today. We come to asking you your blessings on this school year for those that are in pre-K, elementary, middle school, high school, college, all of those that are here. We ask your blessing for these children and for their families as well. Give them encouraging and supportive homes that will foster great learning environments for them. We ask you to grant them wisdom and discernment and that the Holy Spirit will guide their actions each and every day. Father, we ask that for the new friendships that these kids will make and for those existing friendships, that you will provide good relationships that grow each and every child here. We ask that you provide a hedge of protection around the school campuses throughout this year, protect, protecting each of them and protecting these precious souls. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've blessed us with, but most importantly, we thank you for your son, and in his name we pray, amen. Kids, you can return to your seats with your parents while we sing. I am a sheep and the Lord is my shepherd. Why? 
this next song to prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. We'll sing one verse, and then we'll sing the other two verses during the passing of the elements. Have thine own way. Last time I forgot it, and this time there's two extras, so it's like somebody was looking after me. Matthew 26, verse 27, then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for my forgiveness, or sorry, for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount Olives. The thought of Jesus getting his people together, to be together, to spend time together, to reflect together, to put his mind on his father, on our father. And if we continue to read, they go together to do more prayer, to do more things together, Throughout all their times of trials and tribulations, they always came back to be together. Times like this on Sunday mornings where we can come and be together. Where we can come and look at a cross and think, man, we're together in that. To come and look at a table and think, we're together in that. To look at two elements and think, because of that, we are together. Because of his body, because of his blood, we're able to be together. And I couldn't think of anything more beautiful. Join me as we prepare to take the bread. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for all the things that you've done. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for what happened on that cross. I want to thank you for that body, for the breaking of that body, so that we can come together knowing that we are yours. And because we are yours and because of what you did on that cross, what your son did on that cross, we're able to say, I'm forgiven. Thank you once again for your son and that body. Thank you for this bread. This is just us mainly praying to thanks. Amen. Pray for the cup. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. I want to thank you for letting us be able to come to you and again remember 
what your son did on that cross. Thank you for that bloodshed. Thank you for the remissions of our sins. Thank you for giving us something to look forward to. Thank you for giving us the hope that we need. Thank you once again for that blood. Thank you for this cup. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Again, we won't be passing any trays to have a collection to give back to God, um, but instead if you can scan that QR code or you can find it on the caring and sharing, um, we would really appreciate the blessing that you give to this church and the blessing that you are and continue to provide for those um, things that we need. So again, I encourage you to give online. And let's bless that. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the things that you give us in our lives. Thank you for the opportunity of being able to give back. I want to thank you for all the great things, all the blessings that, that the financial resources that we have, what it does to the people around us, what it does to the Lake Jackson community, and what it does to this congregation. Lord, I pray that you can continue to oversee how all of that is worked with, Lord. Again, thank you once again for those opportunities. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. We can dismiss for Praise Kids Stage 2 and Limitless Kids. Good morning. So, I'll be reading for today's scripture, Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 16, which are going to be excerpts from the passages. I would say look at your Bible, but it may be best to uh, look up at the screen. Starting in Deuteronomy 5, 6. I am the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. In Deuteronomy 5, 7. You must not have any other God but me. 
You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. As the Lord your God has commanded you, you have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest and dedication to the Lord your God. And finally, in Deuteronomy 5.16, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. Then you will have a long life, full of life in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. Let's all be standing for the next song. And after this song, please remain standing uh, for the reading of the word. You call me out among the waters, the great
Join me and join with God's people over millennia in reciting. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the whole church said, Amen. Please be seated. Thank you for that energetic recitation. In 2016, it was actually supposed to be in 2014, but I had a little inconvenience come up in 2014, so it got delayed till 2016. I was invited to come to Croatia uh, to be the speaker at a, a family camp, what they called family camp, that has existed uh, for, for decades. In reality, it was begun even when the, the, the Soviet Union still held sway. Uh, in what was then Yugoslavia, what is now modern-day Croatia. Christians from all over the country, in fact, Christians from that country and Serbia and Slovenia all came there uh, to a really beautiful place. Um, I've never ridden a ferry to church camp, but I, I highly recommend it. It's a great way to kind of do that. Uh, a, a little bit as I talked last week about the idea of braving floodwaters to get to camp, but... Uh, I never ridden a ferry, but we were there on the Aegean Sea, beautiful spot right there on the water. Um, we did uh, groups during the day, and then I would speak at night and kind of uh, point them towards discussion groups on the next day. And each night we'd get done with dinner, and, and uh, again, kind of a, a tradition, it seems, uh, in most camps. A little bit of time to clean up and kind of catch your breath from a very busy day. And then you come to worship, and worship would start. Uh, before the sun went down and then we would move. This was actually a baptism right down on the water where we had worship was back up in, in, the, in the woods a little bit. And they were very attentive, uh, quite remarkable. I'd never had the opportunity to speak through a translator. I'd done it in Mexico very briefly, but not really preaching and certainly not a series of sermons where they're building up on each other. And And... And in spite of that handicap, I was just overwhelmed with the way they engaged in what was being said, engaged in not, again, not by something good about me, but by the message that God was bringing, bringing across. Uh, turn and come from Mark's gospel, all these calls to people to leave something and come follow Jesus, and he examined those kinds of things. But one night, um, about the third or fourth night of the camp, um, I noticed that people's eyes were not engaged with me any longer. They were looking in a different direction. And I, I just kind of stopped and said, y'all, something has caught y'all's attention. And, and I stopped and turned around. This is a picture of the sunset that evening. The rays of light coming over the horizon were not something that, that Photoshop created. This is the way it looked. The purple water, perfectly calm the sun, and, and we all just stopped there for a minute and thanked God for the beauty of his creation. 
sometimes it's not so much the, the words that you're saying, but it's not unusual for the occasion to have as much power as what you're saying. And as we open the book of Deuteronomy, I need to remind you that as they listen to this, and again, a sermon is what we have recorded here, an extended sermon that Moses gives before he sends them on their way. Because the backdrop of what they're looking at is something like this. The road ends and the water begins. Their journey is going to take them across the Jordan River. Some commentators will even talk about the fact that the Jordan was probably in flood stage at this time of year. Bottom line is their path was not easily seen as moving forward. Again, as much as crossing was a challenge, you have to recognize that this moment in their history, for everyone who was alive, they had only known Moses as the person God was going to lead them with, and that was about to change. They had only known the existence of wandering people in a wilderness that, had, that were it not for the provision of God's manna and water that he brought forth, again, it's recorded from the rock, if it weren't for that, they would have all died there in that wilderness. And they were about to move into a land that had over and over been described as a land flowing with milk and honey. Life was about to change. And as much, again, as the challenge of how are we going to get across this river faced them, they all knew that the challenge of what was life going to be like on the other side. How are we going to continue to be God's people? How do we do this depending on God thing, which was so reinforced every morning when you woke up and the manna was kind of lifting off the ground the way dew kind of separates from the grass. Manna was lifting off the ground. It's just, There's God. They're about to step into a world where that was no longer the daily reminder of there's God. The words of Deuteronomy are intended to give them a foundation and, in, that, in fact, a guide as they make these transitions. In reality, we don't stand on the edge of the Jordan River. We stand in life in, a, in a, an awareness that life is simply a series of these transitions. Some of you are sending kids off to college. Some of you are, uh, like we are, sending a grandchild off to kindergarten for the first time. More, these transitions are made even more threatening by, again, that accelerating pace of societal and cultural changes. Sometimes life itself can be quite scary. And Deuteronomy is written to speak into those changes and cues. Chapters 1 through 4 have given an extended kind of explanation of the history. What brought them to this place? Israel's history that leads them here. But chapter 5 changes the language. Here's where we've come from. Now don't forget the God who brought us here. Amen? And chapter 5 begins with this kind of language. It was not your ancestors that the Lord made this covenant, but with us. With all of us who are alive here today, the Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. While Moses has just told the history of how, what, they, what it took to come to this place, and to a certain extent the fact that for, it was 40 years ago that God appeared on the mountain in fire and in thunder and, and, and such incredible power, Moses wants to affirm to most of the people who weren't even born, 
Most of the people that were going to cross the Jordan were not even there, but Moses wants them to understand, wants them to remember, and wants them to realize that it wasn't your fathers and your grandfathers, your parents, but it is you who God engaged with there. Whether you were physically present there or not, God wanted to engage with you. God has a plan for the way this transition is going to go. God has a plan not just for the way this transition is going to go, but the way every transition is going to go. And you need to realize that his purpose and his calling and his words are not just some sort of far-off distant thing that we kind of can point to. You may think of coming to church and opening the Bible as sort of a, a review of history. God never intended it. Yes, it's the story of things that historically occurred, but they're never intended to be observed as empty history. They are intended always to say, and you were there, and you stood there. Can you feel the wind? Can you feel the thunder as it shakes on the mountain? Can you see the fire, the lightning that came forth? We are invited to that same kind of relationship. And maybe as much as anything, the awareness of God is not distant, but God is near. And God is constantly renewing that relationship of promise and what we might call covenant. He's renewing it with every single new generation. And Moses wants to remind this generation that they are part of what God is doing. It's a very personal call. Not just over the generations, but a personal call to a personal relationship to a God who wants to meet us face to face. These words continue as we begin what might be called the Decalogue or the ten words, Deca, ten log words, or what we usually refer to them as, as the Ten Commandments. They begin in this way. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, the house of bondage. And you will have no other gods before me. God begins this set of instructions, this uh, preeminent words, this idea that, that we can sum up so much of what God wants us to be about in relationship with him and understanding his reality in this world, understanding his reality in our life. Understand that he meets us face to face and personally. We start with this relationship of knowing who God is and knowing that there is none greater than him. Our allegiance belongs to no one greater. Our sense of, of foundation isn't stronger in any other place. And to a certain extent, when we, when we chart the path of our life, the first thing we have to say is, I know who God is. Can you say that with me? I know who God is. And the blessing is that he knows who we are. And he invites us to join in that, that relationship. You can probably quote all ten of them. You may not get them in exactly the right order, but I think if I gave you just a couple of minutes, you would figure out and you'd add it up on your fingers. Uh, there, there has been, by the way, thousands of years of confusion of exactly how you quantify this into ten, but it's always been called ten, no matter how you exactly divide it. Note that the commands themselves carry us from relationship with God to relationship with each other. 
that ought to ring a note in our ears. When Jesus says, the greatest commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to make sure that they don't miss. And in reality, it shouldn't be missed, because to love God is to love those who bear his image, amen? And all humankind, whether they bear it well, or whether they are broken images, we all bear that image, and therefore, if we love God, we will love that which he created. But notice how Jesus would say, don't forget, and to love God is to love your neighbor as yourself. He'll actually expand that call for Christians, particularly to say, love not as you love, but love others as I have loved you. This is found in these, these foundational phrases, these foundational words, because we move from what it is to love God and hold him up above all others to what it is to honor that which he's created, to live in harmony and in peace with humankind, to live in a society that orders itself not on the chaos that, that we would come up with if we just decide, well, today this will be the rule. Today, if you're bigger and stronger, you get all this. Today, if you're one of those who isn't bigger and stronger, we're going to give you all this. Instead, a world that is ordered the way God wants it to be ordered respects the idea that we don't murder, we don't commit adultery, we don't covet other people's stuff, we don't lie. Powerful things that undergird all of human relationships. And in reality, undergird those relationships in a way that has been formative for law codes all over the world, in every culture, language. These principles have been held up as expressing what it is to live in harmony with each other. So often in our own writing, in our own reading, when we as moderns examine, uh, for, look at a document for its importance and what's most important, how do we get down to really where the seminal word is, we look to the beginning and the end. We kind of say, oh, if I'll read the introduction, I'll know what everything is about. And if I'll read the conclusion of the end, I'll sort of sense of what, what's important. Very oftentimes in the Hebrew Bible, in an ancient, liter Eastern, ancient Near Eastern literature, the greatest emphasis is not necessarily what's at the beginning or the end, but is oftentimes folded into the middle. And when we look at the Decalogue, at what's folded in the middle, not by word count, but in the structure of how it's set up, we find verse 16. Honor your father, and Jay, thank you for that emphasis, and your mother, as the Lord has commanded you. The way the Deuteronomy list is worded, it, it's referring back to Exodus chapter 20. You've heard this before in our past, 40 years earlier. Now I want to remind you of these things, as the Lord commanded you. This idea of honoring your father and mother, Paul will say it this way in Ephesians chapter 6 and in Colossians chapter 4. He will say, children should obey their parents. And obedience is part of that. To a certain extent, I think Paul is writing into a world that didn't really understand the full depth and meaning of the Hebrew language. And so he says it in, in its most simple form, the idea of obeying parents. But for the Ten Commandments, for these words, this instruction from God, this moment of transition, don't miss this. This moment of transition from statements that tell us how to 
honor God, they become part of our lives by honoring father and mother. You also need to place yourself in this culture. We would see that in most of our households, not exclusively, but most of our households, are children living with their parents. And as soon as children get old enough, they move out. Somebody says, hopefully, yes, <laughs> they move out. But the other thing that doesn't stay with this is the fact that grandparents, or possibly even great-grandparents, would have lived inside um, during the nomadic period, those tents. But when they come into these cities, they will build homes that are easily expanded so that children can be added and grandparents can stay. The idea of honoring your father and mother is not just, well, there's one generation right there and that's all I need to pay attention to. It is the idea that those who have gone before me are helping me get to where God wants me to go. Amen? And if I can first from, by the way, I realize we've sent, they're at stage two, they're at all those other places, but in reality, as parents, we need to understand the principle because our children, in many ways, will honor and respect us the way we honor and respect others, particularly our parents, even if they're not in our household. By the way, even if they're not in our lives anymore because of death, we still hold them and recognize that we've come from somewhere. If we were to sum up what God's trying to say in the first half of the Decalogue, we need to understand that you're coming from somewhere. You're not just there by chance. I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt. And therefore, and I'm the one who's not made graven. I'm not, I'm not an a, a image of anything that is in part of my creation. I am greater and bigger than that. My name should be held up higher than any other name. And in your daily life, it's kind of interesting if you look at Exodus, it says, remember the Sabbath. In Deuteronomy, Moses says, observe the Sabbath. Stop your life on this seventh day and recognize that there is someone greater. And as children, from the littlest ages all the way through, I'm still a child, even though I'm a grandchild grandparent, all the way through, this recognition that there is some place that we've come from and some people that hold us up. And we're not going to throw that away. We're not going to throw that away in our understanding of what good and right and wrong is. We're not going to throw that in the way of, I couldn't be standing here today if it weren't for their provision and their protection. That kind of honor and respect includes, yes, obedience and I want to say very clearly parents I'm just going to turn it for a second here you have a great obligation not to yell and scream at your children about what's right and what's wrong how dare you do that which often comes across as you embarrassed me when you did that which has nothing to do with what's right and wrong but instead that we clearly lay out, and by the way, not just when we're at church. One of the great challenges of being a parent and a minister 
is that our children understood that we expected these things of them not because we were on staff at the church, but that everywhere in life we expected them not to behave the way the culture said was okay, but to behave in ways that God said is okay. And you as parents have a responsibility to constantly be discerning that and enforcing it not by how loud your voice is, but how your own life is adapted and is transformed by the things that God wants you to do. And that you will very consistently step into their lives and say, no, I realize that you're worried about getting in trouble, but lying to me about what happened is not going to help you be in less trouble. Somebody say amen. Do you remember the day you learned that as a child? And if you didn't, it is my prayer that you're teaching that to your children. The idea of honoring father and mother becomes this transitional moment of moving from what it is to honor God to be people that live in a way that honors God. Deuteronomy is a little bit different in a couple other ways, very quickly. The middle section makes a change from the wording in Exodus, that you may long endure. Exodus will say so that you need to do this so that your time in the land, the promised land, will go long. And some of your translations in Deuteronomy are going to kind of try to adapt the words to say it a little more like Exodus. They're like the rabbis that are a little concerned about the fact that it's not exactly the same both times. We've been reading Gospels so long and it's not exactly the same one to the next. We don't worry about that quite as much. And we look at the way that Deuteronomy is in a different setting than it is in Exodus. Deuteronomy says, your life will be fuller. Even if the days are not more, your life will be fuller if you recognize that the principle of honoring mom and dad is the principle of recognizing a greater authority in your life like God. Secondly, it then extends into third, sorry, the third phrase. Not only that your life will be full, that you may long endure, but that you may fare well in the land the Lord your God is assigning to you. Make no mistake, when they read these words on the way into exile in Babylonia, they had to stop and say, have we been faithful to honor God by honoring our mother and father? Did we, rec did we lose somehow in the process of recognizing that we came from somewhere and that we never want to lose that because we always recognize that our parents took care of us? It's kind of interesting Paul is the one who will bring up obey, children obey your parents. Jesus so often time referred to the idea of, you've heard the law say, obey your parents or honor your parents. And what he would refer to is not children needing to obey, but grown children needing to continue to honor their parents in their old age. Because at least part of what he's calling for here is not just that children have to do something, but that as parents... We have an obligation to continue to care for those who can no longer care for themselves, who can no longer contribute to the family economy. That was true in Jesus' day. And church, it's true today.
kind of smiling at a row here in the middle. Somebody's birthday's coming up, and they're honoring a father, and by being here, honoring a mother. But the interesting thing is, is this is not the only thing that includes the promise. Because throughout Deuteronomy, he's going to say over and over again, even though in these ten words, this is the only one that reflects that promise idea, he will make sure that they understand. And again, this again lends itself to the idea of this is that crucial point. If we're going to be the people who God wants us to be, it kind of needs to center itself here. Because in, for instance, I'll just quote this one from Deuteronomy 28, and we'll have it on the screen here. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, not just honor your father and mother, all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. The blessing of promise. The other half of the sentence is, as we go to the end of Deuteronomy 28, and Deuteronomy 28 is kind of the culminating scene of this sermon, where the, the, the curses and the blessings, if you follow God or don't follow God, are read from two mountains, and, and the people will hear this kind of summary. At the end of 28, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God, and do not follow, and again, look here, all his commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. This isn't about hellfire and brimstone. This is about a recognition that when my life is aligned with the God that created me, I find myself, even in difficult circumstances, blessed. And when I find myself outside of that plan and purpose and calling, even when my circumstances seem wonderful, life will be empty. Three quick points, very quickly. Staying with God in the motion. How do these ten words help us staying with God in these transitions? First of all, never forgetting the absolute of God. Isn't it easy in our world today to kind of say, well, yes, that's what God says, but, or yes, that's what I thought when I grew up, but, too many times now the transition into college becomes this moment when students and children get to say, well, I know where that came from, but all these professors kind of think truth comes from somewhere else, and very little will serve us well in all transition into life to never forget the absolute of God. Now make no mistakes, the attack is on the idea that there is absolute truth. And so often we will kind of say, well, that's true for you. And we may want to kind of step into our, our Christian Bible reading mode and say, this is what the Lord has said. And it is. But behind everything that the Lord has said is the greater, hear me, greater, fuller, fuller reality that God is the absolute in all things. Amen? And may we never lose that sense that the absolute ultimately is God. And then more absolute truth flows from Him. Secondly, if we're going to stay with God... 
while the world moves in motion, we need to be remembering and honoring or appreciating the foundation upon which we stand. I realize I've made this point several times already, but I just want to bring you back to it one more time. Where do you come from? Where do you come from in faith? Where do you come from in life? And how have those two things mixed together? Make no mistakes, life has changed a lot since my great-grandparents ran Sabinal Christian College way back when. But what I can look back and say is people wanted to love God and wanted to follow his purpose, and that has changed my life. I want to appreciate those things. I want to honor those things. But more than that, I want to appreciate and honor the way they saw God as the absolute foundation of their life. I want to honor and appreciate that. Finally, staying with God in motion. That foundation that we have can do one of two things in a negative way. But I want to say I want it to do two things in a positive way. First of all, I do want it to be a firm place for us all to stand. That's not moving. That's not shaking. But as much as it becomes a place firm to stand, I never want it to be a chain that holds us. Because in reality, Moses is preparing the children of Israel for a new life in a new world. And so what he says is, this isn't just a chain to hold you here. It's a place to stand firm, but it's also a powerful leaping point into all kinds of wonderful things that may even be hard for us to realize as we move forward. As parents, we have to provide that firm foundation that first of all lets them stand securely, but secondly, sends them, sends them on a new trajectory in God's care and keeping. Amen? And maybe for you, that's happening this week. Won't you join me in prayer? Our Father and our God, we thank you for the absolute nature of who you are and what you are. And even though it's mysterious and and bigger than anything that we could ever imagine, that it's holy, it is true and real for us. We pray that that reality will change us. Give us a place to stand when all other things fall apart or drift away. Father, may we recognize how every day we have the opportunity to honor the legacy from which we came from. A legacy that ultimately goes back to you. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all say. Today, the invitation is quite specific. It is my hope that you feel invited to prayer. I hope that you prayed with us as we prayed over these students this morning. It is my hope that you'll pray today on a campus somewhere in our school district or another school district. And if your school district doesn't have open doors, then go to the front porch and stand there and pray. 
I want to also invite you to pray individually for our students. Once again, Joanne Taylor has blessed us with apples for every single kid in our congregation, all the way down to preschoolers. They're out on a table. Some of you who know this routine have already grabbed yours. Parents, let some of us grab your children's apples and you grab some other people's apples, but please grab an apple, maybe two, before you leave today. We want to be praying for our kids on a continual basis. I can't think of any better way to provide a foundation from which they can move forward than to be praying for them continually. Whatever other needs you might have, if you need to make a public response, now is going to be a great time during the singing of this song. If you're with us online, we'd ask that you would uh, take advantage of our text number, 979-217-3300. If you want to start a conversation about how you can see God as a fuller part of your life, won't you come as we stand and as we sing? Lord, take my life. Well, Dennis Rinker and I have become good friends. We uh, probably didn't know each other prior to just a couple of months ago, but um, God has brought some things, not things either one of us would have chosen to integrate our lives together. Uh, Dennis is Liz Spencer's brother-in-law. Uh, his wife died about a month before Liz did, and you may remember Catherine Rinker's funeral, and it's just started this conversation and it's been a conversation that has been bathed in his own sense of wanting God to be more and more part of his life. And I'm thankful for that. Dennis was baptized many, many years ago in the Freeport Church of Christ. Um, and we want to welcome him back as he comes. And, and I, it was, it was kind of, I was blessed. Um, we were having a conversation, and I just said, Dennis, just want you to know, we, we would be glad for you to be counted officially 
and to be recognized as a, a part of this church family to place membership with us. And he said, yes, but Alan, and that's, if I do that, I want to say to this church that I want to leave behind some things that are in my past and I want to move towards things that are greater and that I want this church to be in prayer for me. I'm really thankful that I, I, I just run into people all over the place and I say, have you met Dennis? Oh, yeah, yeah, we visited him. And Dennis is that kind of guy. And I'm thankful for that. We're also thankful to have Shelly with us and Maiden with us. And we look forward to the way God's going to do great things in that relationship. I've asked Gary McBrayer to come and word a prayer over you, Dennis, and, and over your desire to move your life more and more in God's direction, for your desire to be a part of this church family, and to pray for us as we fold him into that family. Amen, church? Gary, if you'd come and word that prayer for us. Our Holy Father, thank you. Thank you for Dennis as he's chosen to work with us to place cast his lot with us as we strive to further your kingdom in this community and throughout the world. And Holy Father, as we work together, may we all embrace Dennis as one of us, that we will always look to you for guidance and strength. And Father, we always pray that you will forgive us for our sin so that we can stand before you righteous in that last day. For we pray in the name of your Son who gave his life, that sacrifice for our sin. And we pray in his name. Amen. Well, good morning again, and uh, thank you all for joining us this morning. Uh, thank Alan for his lesson, and, and Dennis, welcome to our family. We look forward to working with you here, you and your family here. Um, we also want to thank everyone in the congregation for their generosity over the past few weeks. If you look at the caring and sharing, you'll see that we're doing pretty good on our budget in what's been a very tough couple of years. So. Uh, that money is used for a lot of things around the community and around the world, so we thank you for your continued support uh, in that effort. Uh, we have a public awareness opportunity that's on our YouTube channel that uh, most every Thursday, late in the day, you might get a notice that says there's an update available. Uh, we encourage you to look into those updates, watch them, typically about 20 minutes, and you can catch up on a lot of things that's happening around the congregation uh, and activities that are coming up. One of the key activities that's coming up is our deacon identification process. We've been mentioning this for a few, uh, a few weeks now, that we're trying to identify some men who would be willing to serve uh, in the ministry efforts that we have here, uh, and to, to also serve in taking care of the vulnerable members of our congregation. So if you are one of those men, or if you know one of those men that you would like to nominate, uh, that's coming up next Sunday on the 22nd of August. We're going to be passing out forms. Uh, those forms will also be available online uh, so you can make those nominations. So be praying about that, study about that, and, uh, and if you can consider any names, we'd appreciate you giving those uh, on those forms. Uh, next week, uh, Lindsay Sanger, who 
most of you probably knew as Lindsay Phillips. That may be an easier way to remember her. We'll be here and talking about the work going on in Brazil. So we encourage you to come down, uh, come back for that service next week, that class time next week to learn about that. And of course, we got the family fellowship meal coming up today, right after uh, we, we close our services with the song. So uh, please stay. We, we normally have more than enough food, more than enough desserts, um, and we do encourage you, you can start at the dessert end to keep the line at the food side down. Uh, Feel free to take what you need, uh, but, but join us there because that's a good way to kick off the efforts in the afternoon to pray for our, our schools, our students, and our teachers. Uh, we do have a number of folks on our prayer list to keep in mind. Uh, Jennifer Yates, who's the sister of Billy Yates, uh, she and her daughters have been dealing with COVID. Uh, Sylvia Harrow has a number of family members uh, that are on our prayer list right now. Sylvia, good to see you here this morning. Uh, so please talk to her, find out the, the update on there. Um, her oldest brother is in the hospital with, with some issues. Dave Barkmeyer, who's a former member here, now lives in Cameron, had to uh, have his leg amputated. So his address is in the carrying and sharing. Get a card, send him a card. Uh, Terry Valise, the aunt of Jorge or George, is uh, dealing with stage four breast cancer. And then Jay Barnes, Willie Brown's great nephew, was born prematurely and is in the hospital up in Houston. Uh, we also have those who are dealing with loss and other struggles, so please be aware of that. Keep them in your prayers and, and try to make a phone call. Send a card uh, if you can. So if you would, join us now for the prayer, and this prayer will also be the prayer of blessing for the meal, and then we'll have our closing song. Pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for all that you do in our lives. We're thankful for your awesome presence that's with us every day. We thank you for your guidance and, and all that you have done uh, through the prophets, through the teachers, through the apostles to teach us how to live a life for you. We pray that you will guide us in that effort uh, to be more like you, to, to honor you and to honor those around us. Dear God, we lift up the students that we have here today. We pray that you will continue to be with them throughout this school year. Give them your safety, give them your protection. We pray that you'll bless them with wisdom um, for their, their learning, uh, wisdom for the decisions that they make, that they will be strong in understanding and remembering the, the uh, morals and the lifestyle that you would like them to lead. We pray that they will be aware of the foundation that they have in you in their lives and that they can carry that with them every day. And most of all, we pray also for their patience, that they can be uh, willing to, to be mindful of those around them, that they will be willing to care for those around them just as uh, their parents and, and all their teachers will be caring for them. Dear God, we pray that you will help them to understand that you are with them, you are guiding their lives, and they should rely on you for strength and, and uh, direction. We pray that you will keep them safe from the illnesses that are about and protect the teachers from those illnesses so that they can have a successful school year this year. Dear God, we pray that you'll be with those of our number who are dealing with sickness. We pray that you'll be with their relatives and loved ones that are sick or, or dealing with pain, with surgery and, and uh, other infirmities. We pray that you will bless those that are caring for them, that they will know what to do to, to heal them and to make them better. We pray that you will be with them and give them your strength. We pray uh, thanks for Dennis coming to join us today, for he and his family. We pray that that will be a great opportunity for for him to be a part of our congregation and we can wrap him up into our family. 
Dear God, as we get ready now to, to join in this meal together, we are thankful for the abundant blessings of the food that you give us, and we pray that uh, this time together will be uplifting and, and build us up as a stronger body for you. We pray that we can then go forward into the schools and be uh, a conduit of pr prayer and blessing for the schools that, uh, that are so important for our kids. In all these things, we thank you for your son and pray in his name. Amen. Let's stand as we sing. Salvation belongs to our God. Who's here?